Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to Wisdom and Wealth, Pathways to a Life of Significance for You and Your Family. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with you today, and as always, we have the star of our show, Mr. Frank Astorino of the Astorino Financial Group, joining us, and we're going to be tackling another big wealth management-related topic. That's what we do here on the show, and today we've got a really interesting topic that we want to get into. You know... Believe it or not, it's not always easy to inherit significant wealth. You know, I mean, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, going through this process of receiving an inheritance, there's only upside, right? Your life is only changing in these positive ways. Well, many inheritors in these moments tend to feel tremendous amounts of pressure and, and the need to prove that they deserve the money and they deserve this wealth and that pressure can sometimes lead down the road to some big problems or some issues for the wealth and the assets themselves. So today we're going to be exploring some different ways that inheritors can really feel more validated and really comfortable with that wealth they will eventually inherit. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Frank on and get right into today's discussion. Frank, it's good to see you this morning. How are you doing, sir? Ryan, doing terrific. Good to see you again and looking forward to another great topic with you. Yeah, absolutely. And Frank, I know this is a this is a really big topic. I mean, talking about family wealth, we do it a lot here on the show. Uh, let's start high level like we typically do, Frank. I would assume that inheriting significant wealth, you know, and I think a lot of people assume this, that is, uh, that it only has its upsides, right? Well, we want to tell people today and talk about this idea that an inheritance can also come with those pressures and challenges. Set the scene for us. What are your thoughts on this matter? Couldn't agree more with you, uh, Ryan. I think that there's always two sides to a coin. Um, inheritors who receive wealth from their parents, their grandparents, or typically other family members, usually is accompanied with self-doubt and sometimes often guilt. Uh, there is a great desire, even a need, uh, for individuals and inheritors to justify their wealth and prove to those around them that they deserve what they might consider to be unearned money. It's a pretty common issue, and we often um, it often doesn't get addressed uh, by the, the bigger community of advisors. So that's why we've surrounded ourselves with competent coaches, therapists, behaviorists, and even in some cases, MDs where, where needed. Sure. And Frank, I would imagine that this is an issue that sure, it needs to be considered by the inheritor, but I would imagine it also needs to be considered by probably the matriarch and the patriarch that are going to be gifting the wealth. Am I correct in saying that? Patriarchs and matriarchs, yes, I, we see that often. And when when there's a family wealth being transferred, and you're going to see masses of that over the next uh, decade or so, uh, everyone involved should really be aware of this need for legitimacy. It can empower inheritors to achieve great things, which we've seen that, uh, but it also can come with a dark side that creates wealth destroying problems. So if you're someone who may one day pass substantial assets or like a business to a child, or if you're likely to be on the receiving end of that transfer of wealth, it makes good sense to understand some of the key baggage that comes along with an inheritance. So you can navigate the opportunities along with the challenges when the time comes. There is no one script uh, for parents particularly to know this. Everyone's situation is unique. 
and yet the theme is is pretty universal. Yeah, certainly, Frank. And I want to get a little deeper into the inheritors and rather the types of inheritors there are out there. Which types of inheritors do you see in your experiences that tend to experience that level of self-doubt and that guilt that you mentioned earlier? You know, Would you say maybe this impacts a certain type of inheritor versus another type of inheritor? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think you could break it down into there are the bad seeds, for lack of a better term, and then there's those who are are worthy or end up being worthy of the wealth. Um, there are heirs who are likely to possess uh, a combination of perhaps greediness, licentiousness, narcissism we see a lot of, and tendency to be somewhat self-indulgent. These are the stereotypical bad seeds spending and living recklessly without thinking about the consequences. The wealth, their wealth, often serves as nothing more than a way to cause problems, or they're just acting out from some deeper issues. This group also includes what we call affluenza children, who focus on, who focus only on their hedonistic wants. It's, it's, it's play, it's fun time. Bad seeds are usually overprivileged children or are often destroyed by their family's money. And they sometimes help eradicate, quite frankly, they diminish the family's fortune in these cases. This is very sad, yet it's a, it's a very real, it's a reality that we've seen and, and witness. But then there's a stark contrast on the upside you know, there are those heirs who descri are described as being worthy of their fortunes. That is, they are hardworking as well as socially astute and responsible individuals. We've seen that in a very positive light. Yeah. So, so would you say then that it's those so-called worthy heirs that is is the group where we tend to see the need for validation and that need and longing for legitimacy come into play? Yes, I, we consider those the coachable ones um, from our vantage point. Uh, there are those who accept who they are and what they are, including that they are extremely wealthy. It's not a bad thing. It's not a sin to be wealthy. Uh, this cohort of wealthy inheritors consists of individuals who are mostly well-adjusted. They handle their wealth maturely and responsibly, and they are doing things that are important to them without much doubt or second guessing with respect to how they deal with their fortunes. And then there are the legitimacy seeking good heirs. Having not earned the wealth, they feel no sense of entitlement as the bad rich often do. Instead, they feel the need to prove they deserve their extreme wealth and to validate the fact that they have inherited great fortunes. In short, they are looking to justify their entitlement to family money. Mm -hmm. And Frank, when you were looking at this idea of justifying that entitlement to family money, why would you say there is this really this need to prove and deserve that you deserve that inheritance? And, and why is that that drive to prove why can that be a problem and or potentially a problem down the road? Uh, Ryan, it's really a double-edged sword, uh, and that's because it can motivate or it can damage. We've seen both. Um, we've seen large uh, estates um, go towards building hospitals and charitable foundations and so forth. And then we've had we've seen people, you know, 
position and even manipulate uh, relatives uh, who they're going to get the wealth from for their own self-interest. So inheritors who seek that validation for their wealth often put significant pressure on themselves. They might have hardwired personality traits that cause them to want to accomplish great things in life, or they feel pressure to live up to the older generation's expectations. In families where accomplishments are the best ways to get attention and love, for example, these heirs often become highly motivated to excel. In other situations, parents tell their children directly or indirectly, and I mean indirectly sometimes, it could be a stare, <laughs> that the children are not as capable as they, the parents are. They're never going to be good enough. You know, for the inheritors in these situations, the aim often becomes to surpass their elders as proof of their competence and their rightful positions. So, you know, there are children that need something to prove, and sometimes the, the negative pressure uh, has them to even excel more. So we consider, you know, the pressure of these good rich heirs often feel that they run the risk of encountering the same outcomes as do the bad seed heirs sometimes. For example, heirs seeking validation can suffer from depression and other psychological issues, as well as addictions and excessive, excessive risk-taking that hurts the family and its wealth and its status. So then given the fact that, you know, that that so-called worthy error, they can experience that longing for legitimacy and how that can, like you just mentioned, lead to depression, psychological issues, uh, and, and risk-taking that might hurt that family wealth as much as the bad seeds behavior might. Would you say then, Frank, are there any smart ways that inheritors who do feel that kind of pressure and that need for validation can go out and get it and, and seek that in a, in a meaningful and impactful way for themselves, but also the family wealth as a whole. Yes, for sure. And this is an area that I, I personally am very interested in. It's not a simple uh, slam dunk uh, solution, but yes, uh, some individuals may work in a family business uh, if there is one, or they may take a position in a non-family business. We've seen, you know, engineers leaving um, companies like uh, Exxon and go work for a family chocolate business, and they ended up being very successful. So you don't have to have necessarily a family business, uh, but you can uh, pursue entrepreneurship, which is always laudable. It is common for inheritors to strive to create greater, greater business enterprises than their elders did if they're going into a business. If they are taking over the family business, as an example, their goal may be to make it substantial or substantially more successful. If it's an entrepreneurial venture, the objective could be to build an extremely high value, even game-changing company that demonstrates the inheritor's creativity and business acumen. Uh, we did um, provide with your assistance a um, video on entrepreneurship recently to young individuals. It's a big, it's a big thing, and it's something that we would support and endorse. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I want to play devil's advocate here for just a moment, Frank. What if an inheritor is not particularly savvy, or rather, even interested or inclined towards business as a whole? 
uh, is there any solution for those types of inheritors out there so that they can go, you know, get that validation that they're longing for if in fact they don't really have that interest in business to begin with? Uh, quite optimistically, yes. Um, they might consider philanthropy as an alternative approach where we have seen great success in that. Charitable giving can often validate the amassing of great wealth because a portion of it is be, being given to very worthy causes. Uh, when giving is done effectively, and we have a whole toolbox you know, for that, these inheritors not only do well by others, but also benefit themselves and their families. Their charitable acts significantly boost their status and demonstrate their moral and social priorities. That being said, these options are not mutually exclusive. Inheritors of uh, significant wealth may commonly focus on both the business world and the philanthropic arena, which is a real great sandbox to play in. Uh, I can attest to it. And they could also be completely different direction, um, such as careers in academia. They could go into teaching and, and better young people's lives through education. Uh, there's several ways that you can channel um, the combination of wealth and, and a value system uh, if properly coached, and if they're coachable, as we said in the beginning, some people are coachable and some people are not. Yeah, yeah. Frank, this is such a good conversation. I like this one a lot because it speaks to even the title of the show, you know, Pathways to That Life of Significance for You and Your Family. And, and ultimately, Frank, as we're bringing the conversation to a head here, I think the big key takeaway for these inheritors out there and for our audience is that there are strategies, there are solutions for them to be able to get that validation in a productive way. But at the bottom line, it's all about making sure that they're living meaningful lives, isn't it? You know, what, what are your final thoughts on this? I think when we talk about the behavioral, um, psychological side of wealth and wealth management, I often refer to an analogy of uh, beach balls. So many individuals and all of us are human we have these secrets or we have these stories that are like a beach ball or several beach balls that are below the surface uh, of the water and they don't want anybody sitting around the pool to see their ball so inheritors who are seeking you know the feelings of validation and legitimacy often channel those needs into considerable success using opportunities afforded to them by their sizable inherited wealth they let the beach balls surface to the, the top so that they deal with it and they and they meet the challenge. These inheritors can spend much of their lives um, uh, without the plaguing of doubts and uncertainties where others will feel guilt and not measuring up. And they still have their beach balls down at the bottom and they're and they're losing their balance. If we let inheritors know that they can voice their feelings and concerns about their situations through coaching, through counseling, rather than bury them or feel ashamed about them, uh, we think there could be great strides and, and wealth could be really put to a, a great advantage uh, to families. Um, an empathetic family member or a financial advisor, for that matter, can play in a valuable role here. Just as important, help inheritors understand the options and the possibilities they have for pursuing meaning, meaningful paths in life, a life of significance. 
where they can help them feel more deserving of their affluence and good coaching and good family members could support them and make make great things happen together. It's so such an important conversation here today. And I think there's a lot of takeaways for our audience, Frank, just that the education that, hey, this conversations that these types of conversations with, you know, a matriarch and patriarch and their inheritor should be happening ongoing so that that way that that quest for legitimacy, you know, isn't such a tall task and a tall order. In fact, it can be achieved. Frank, a lot of good stuff here today for our audience. And Frank, you mentioned that just now that, that you know, a wealth manager or an advisor can play a valuable role in this conversation, in this dynamic for a family. Uh, you know, if somebody out there in our audience is interested in reaching out and discussing this very topic with you or your team at the Astorino Financial Group, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you? It could come in a variety of ways. A lot of, uh, you know, if, it, if they're an existing client of ours, and let's say they have a child that's, you know, struggling and maybe dropping out of school or uh, might need a non-parent neutral party to um, kind of give them some feedback, you know, give me a call directly for that type of situation. But if it's more of a um, not so, it's not a crisis, uh, we could, you know, channel it through our staff. Um, Karen and Vicki are often uh, pretty good at knowing my schedule and knowing, you know, when the best time is to meet for someone like that. And then we have a whole network uh, of people that if it's not the right fit for them to see us, we've seen great success uh, with some of the charitable organizations and some of the uh, professional networks that we've invested in. Fantastic, Frank. Well, look, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us here on the show. I know you've got some clients that you got to serve, and we'll let you get back to doing that. But thanks again for taking the time, and uh, looking forward to being back with you on the next one. Uh, thanks, Ryan. It's always uh, great to share these uh, concepts and how you deliver it to the public. We we love what we do, and we love how you get it out there. Thanks again. Oh, of course, Frank. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, here on the show. And thank you, our audience, for spending some time with us here on the show today. If you took anything away from today's conversation, you benefited from it in any way, shape, or form, go ahead and subscribe to the show, whichever platform you checked us out on today. That way you never miss out on a future wealth management topic that Frank and I unpack together. We've got a lot of value in these conversations here on the show, and we'd hate to have you miss out on any of those future episodes. So for Frank, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on today's installment of Wisdom and Wealth. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The Astorino Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide legal or tax advice or services. Please consult your legal or tax advisor regarding your specific situation. LPL Financial representatives offer access to trust services through the private trust company NA, an affiliate of LPL Financial. 